Now notice what he says in verse 24. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee. And these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be where? In them. That God's love may be in you. You take away this love, and you have taken and killed the desire for soul winning. The desire, the importance of reaching other people. Did you know, and I'll be honest with you, I get, I get physically tired, worn out. But I can't find the scripture that says quit. I've looked high and low, and I can't find the words that says quit. I guess I'm supposed to just keep doing it until I can't do it no more. Would you think that? But there's times when I get tired, I keep thinking, you know, if, if we don't have somebody that's going to drive the bus for those kids, I think, you know, at 75, I'm not sure that's the smartest thing in the world I've ever done. I've driven a lot of buses all across America. I've driven big old motor homes. I've driven diesel buses. I've driven just about everything. And I still look forward to what another exciting adventure God may have for me. And I know that if, if I have to drive a bus, you know what I'm going to do? Drive a bus. Just whatever the Lord opens up. And if whatever you got to do, just, just do it. Don't worry about it. Just do it. And see what God will do. But you can't run from the responsibility that God has given to us. And says, this is what I want you to do. So he's praying to the Father. And he's praying for those who are going to be reached by those who heard him. And on down the line, 2,000 years later, you and I have been blessed. Somebody Gave us the gospel. And we believed it. And we know we have eternal life. And we know that we're going to heaven when we die. And we shouldn't want to go alone. And there's a lot of people that's never heard. So this is why we do it. The prayer of God's people is a very important part of our Christian life. Well, look there in chapter 16 of the gospel of John. In chapter 16, he talks about some of the things that happened because of, you know, just God's children not being found faithful. The worry and all the things that goes, you know, in our life. And there's a lot of sorrow that we have. But just look at this very quickly. Look in verse 20. Verily, verily, I say unto you that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And ye, and ye shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow shall be turned into joy. Now, there's times in this life, and even though he was going to be leaving, and you're going to be filled with some sorrow, but he says, I'm, also, he's going to the cross. And they're going to be scared to death, and they were. But to realize that, he says in the book of Psalms, you know, go forth weeping, and you shall come bringing your sheaves with joy. Weeping, for the night, but joy comes in the morning. 
There's things that we may go through in life that brings a lot of heartache and pain and grief and so forth, but look beyond all of that and realize at the end of our race, you'll be so glad you ran the race. You want to finish, and you want to finish well. So run your race and run your race well. Finish well, and God will bless you for doing so. Look in chapter 14 of the Gospel of John, and look in verse 13. When he makes a statement in verse 13, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, this means for God's honor, for God's glory, for God's work. It's not for you to take and just try to manipulate God to get what you want out of life. This is if you are going to serve the Lord, you can ask God, whatever it is you want me to do, Lord, and God is going to fulfill that will because you're doing what God wants. And whatsoever you asked, then he's going to supply because you're asking for his honor, for his glory. That's what he means by in his name. Don't just think because I tacked on the name at the end of a prayer, that's automatic, and I'm supposed to get my request. Lord, give me a million dollars in Jesus' name. I want a pink Cadillac in Jesus' name. And that's supposed to be the miracle that gets you that. No, 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 no. You're misreading the scriptures. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. Get this, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You're doing it for his honor and for his glory. If it's not for him, you might as well just shut up. It ain't going to happen, Captain. Now, he says he, has, he knows what you need before you ever ask, but he also says you have not because you ask not. And then sometimes he says you ask amiss that you can consume it upon your own lust. It's not for the Lord. It's because you just want to get out of a jam. I don't always pray that people, God's people, get out of all of their problems and all of their troubles. God may let you have problems and heartaches and all these things in order to build you. So my prayer is that you will be strong because of whatever's happening in your life. I pray that you will be able to have the strength and the grace that you need to weather whatever storm you're going through. Not to do away with the storm, not to solve all of your problems. You need these problems. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation. All these testings and problems. Count it all what? joy. Lord, keep me from having any problem. Lord, I don't want any problem. If you love me, don't let nothing happen to me. Because you go through life scared to death. Because you don't want to be tested. Let God test you however he wants. And you just love him and don't worry about it. And just trust him to walk you through life. And then you'll learn some things. Otherwise, when things happen to you, all you think about is how to get out of it. Instead of, Lord, what do you have for me to learn? What do you want me to accomplish? What do you want me to be? Who do you want me to talk to? Lord, use me for your honor and your glory. And whatever's going through, just give me the grace to bear it. Not run from it. And so God says here, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. But in his name, means for his honor, for his glory. It's for his will, not your will. And you pray that God's will be done. And the reason I know that that is true, have you ever heard this statement? As people pray, thy will be done as it is in heaven, as it should be upon the earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when you're praying, you want God's will to be done here. 
God's will. Not yours. God's will. Since uh, you mentioned chapter 6 of Matthew, take your Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 6. You said, I didn't mention chapter 6. You should have. Chapter 6, and notice a few things in this wonderful chapter. Now, you'll notice that there is a, a word that's mentioned. If you just take a quick glance there at chapter 5 and verse 46. Chapter 5, verse 46. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? Rewards. Now, a lot of chapter 5 in Matthew is, is talking a little bit about the, the kingdom time upon the earth and the way it's going to be. But rewards are rewards. Something that you earned and worked for it and you deserve. And then he makes a statement in verse 48. Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now, if you really have to be perfect, there's only one way. And oh, he makes the statement in verse 20 where it says, Except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is that period of time upon the earth. So God still wants you to have eternal life and to have a righteousness which is by faith and not a righteousness which is by your works. But then once you're in the kingdom and there's things he wants you to do, then God can still reward. But now look in chapter 6. Take alms or take heed that you do not your alms before men. What is alms? Almonds? Alms is your good works. It's get, getting something. You know, your good deeds or giving money to somebody. Have you ever heard, uh, you know, the poor man at the gate? Alms, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. I was thinking about doing that one day after the church service on Sunday morning. I get out there and I say, everybody comes out, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. <laughs> Look what he says. Do not your alms before men, get this, to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. But doesn't he also make the statement in verse 16 of chapter 5? Looks like a contradiction. Verse 16, let your light so shine before men. See there? And then over here, do not do it to be seen. And the alms is talking about your good works. Now, what's the difference? A contradiction in the Bible. Because in one verse, in verse 16 of chapter 5, that they may see your good works... And then in verse 1 of chapter 6, do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Now, how do you harmonize these two? Well, one in chapter 5, where it says, they may see your good works and glorify your Father. In other words, they know why you did what you did. You see, if you don't tell people why you do what you do, you get all the honor, the credit, and the glory. Because you're doing it to be seen of men. But the other, you're doing it because you want people to see what you're doing because of your love for the Lord. And you want him to receive the honor and the praise and the glory. Otherwise, it's just for yourself. There is a difference. And there's a big difference. He says, if you do it just to be seen of men, he said, well, then you have your reward because you did it for people's, you know, people to see you. But if you do it and people see you, that, that's fine. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. But that's why... You can't just live a good, holy life in front of people and think, well, that's, that's all I have to do. I'll just live a good life. No, 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 no. Why are you living that good life? 
Why do they think you're doing what you're doing? Are you doing it because you just want the praise of man, or are you doing it because, you know, I'm a Christian. I've trusted Christ as my Savior, and I know the Lord, and I love the Lord, and I do what I can to honor my Heavenly Father. You better tell why, or you may be eliminating a lot of rewards that maybe you could have had. Now, get this. He says in verse 2, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet. You know, hey, look at me. Did you see what I did? I sung in the choir. I take up the offering. If you do what you do to be seen, just to be seen, and you don't do it because you love the Lord, do you think God knows the difference? The one that's going to reward you knows the motive. And this is what he's talking about. In this last part of verse 2, talks that they may have glory of what? Glory of man. See, people down here, they are willing to give you praise, honor, and glory. But they can take it away from you just as quick. The reason for waiting until you get to heaven is because God will give you praise, honor, and glory that will last for eternity. To know that when you get to heaven and God brags on you and says, Well done, thou good and faithful service. And he brags on you and he gives you rewards and honor and glory. You're going to be so glad you waited and got it from him. Then they're standing there and you're stripped because you did it for people. You did the same thing, but the wrong motive. And that's why it's so important. So he says here, when it comes down to this thing about praying, he says in verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, he says, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Your heavenly father can reward you according to how you pray and why you pray. And if you pray, is it possible to pray just to be seen of men? He says some people stand on the street corners. And they would lift up their voices and pray real long prayers. Because they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. God says, that's, not, that, that's what heathens do. He says, don't be a hypocrite. Uh, you'll learn how to pray in public if you'll practice praying in private. But it will help you. Now notice what else he says here. Look in verse 7. But when you pray, use not vain reputation as the heathen do. So do heathen pray? The Bible says the heathen can pray. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. God says that's not what they did. You don't have to spend 15, 20 minutes telling God how wonderful and great he is. He probably already knows it. But there's nothing wrong in honoring the Lord. But whenever you do, don't think that that's what opens the door for you to get in. You see, God's, your prayer, don't have to make a trip. Like, you know, God's up there on the other side of the universe, and I've got to send my prayers all the way there. And you hope there's enough towers between here and there that can transmit your message all the way up there. You see, God doesn't work according to email. He works according to email. A lot of difference. So he makes this statement here in verse 8. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your heavenly Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask but the Lord lives inside of you. See, my prayers don't have to make a trip. Where does God live? Where, uh, my body is the temple of God. God lives inside of me. So he can hear my prayers. He knows my thoughts. He is with me. 
He said, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. That's some great stuff. But look what he says here in verse 9. He says, when it comes to this thing of prayer, he says, after this manner, therefore pray you. Now, he just told them not to just rote memory and vain repetition, which a lot of people just vain repetition, quote this prayer, our Father which art in heaven, hell. I know you can go through the whole thing. But he just said, don't do that. In other words, it's a way to pray. It's a model on how to pray, what to include in your prayer. And he makes a statement here, after this manner, therefore pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, it's one thing to pray that God will meet your needs on a daily basis. And this is one of the things that he says in his word. I was told that, um, you know, whenever you hear about the shepherd and the sheep, and the Lord talks about the, uh, the sheep, and it follow me, and he will lead them into green pastures and so forth. And in most of our minds, we probably think of, uh, you know, acres and acres of uh, nice big fields of clover and grass and all over the place, you know. And really, they say it's nothing more than the, the sheep on the side of a hill that looks like a desert. And yet, they follow these little trails, and they will be on the side of a hill, and they will have a row and a row and a row, and they eat the green grass on the side of the hill because they never get to this flowing green grass that you hear about. But that's being provided, and they have to depend upon that grass to grow every day. And so he supplies our daily needs. He gives us what we need. And so every day, we should be dependent upon the Lord. See, this is why you've got to watch that you get too much of the material wealth in the world that you think, I don't need the Lord like I used to. Because I can pay my way or do whatever. Remember, you can lose health very quickly. You can lose wealth very quickly. Live every day dependent upon the Lord. Always knowing i got to talk to the Lord. And I need to walk with the Lord. And he says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Well, this is, yes, under the law. And uh, we should forgive our debtors if we wanted to be forgiven under the law. But we are supposed to forgive others because we have been forgiven. In the book of uh, Ephesians in chapter 4, verse 30 and 32. Because God has forgiven us, we forgive others. Under the law, if you want to be forgiven, you had to forgive others. A lot of difference. And he says, as you go through here, all these things about your heavenly Father, your heavenly Father. Look in verse 18. That thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father, which is in secret. And uh, thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. There's a lot of verses in here that talks about rewards. And God rewarding you for doing the right thing with the right motive. You'll also read that in the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 13. When he's talking about, you know, I give my body to be burned and so forth and I can speak with the tongue of men and angels. And he said, but if you don't have love, you, you have nothing. God wants to bless us. He wants to reward us. And he's going to do that because you did it for his honor and for his glory. This is why if you serve the Lord and you sacrifice for the Lord and nobody appreciates you. Well, wait a minute. Who did you do it for? Now, if you're doing it just for people, you're in for heartbreak automatically. 
Because people are going to fail you, they're going to let you down, and they're not going to pray. If you depended upon me to remember your name, forget it. <laughs> I haven't even figured out who all the deacons are yet. I cannot remember people's names. I just met a, a couple of people back there. I don't know their names. Some of y'all, I cannot go through here and tell all of y'all's names. You say, well, when did you lose your mind? I never had it. I've always been like that. I've been like that from I, as far back as I can remember. How far back can I remember? But see, some people will get offended because he shook my hand. Don't even know who I am. I asked somebody the other day, I says, where do you go to church? He says, Calvary. <laughs> you say, you didn't do that. Yes, I did. Raise my right hand. Right hand. Because I... For some reason or other, it's just not there. Now, I can remember scripture, but if I had a choice, I'd rather remember this. <laughs> I know where this verse is and where that verse is, but kind of, you have no idea. Connie's sitting back there, but Connie, you're two girls. It's taken me two years to learn their name. And the only way I can remember Jessica is I think of Jessie. And she don't look anything like Jessie. But there is a connection there somehow. And I can remember her name. <laughs> well, anyway. Is God good? Yet God is good. But he's blessed me in a lot of other ways. But, hey, look, nobody's perfect down here. When we get to heaven, everything will be wonderful. And when we get to heaven, don't worry about it. I'll know your name <laughs> if you're there. <laughs> and if you're not there, then you can see Dan. Thanks. I remembered your name. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> All right, look at this and we'll close. Look in verse 30. Verse 30. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you? You see those five little words? O ye of little faith. Little faith. Believe the Lord. Talk to the Lord. He knows what you have need of. Go to him and pour your heart out to the Lord. And there's things that will happen in your life. And people are not going to be able to always deliver you from a devastating dilemma. Some people are not going to be able to say just those words to bring you comfort. And so like David said, he encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself in the Lord. If there was nobody else and just you and the Lord, wouldn't you have to do that? It's nice when there's people who will help. That is true. But sometimes all there is is just, is just you and God. And you're just walking through life. And sometimes you'll carry burdens that nobody else knows about. You'll have feelings and you'll have hurts and pains and grief. Nobody knows. But God does. But the last thing God wants you to do is he says... Do not murmur. Don't complain. And he also teaches the thing about the needs and so forth. He says, be content with such things as you have. If tomorrow you would only have what you were thankful to God for today, would you have much tomorrow? If you only had tomorrow what you were thankful to the Lord for today, would you have anything for tomorrow? You see, sometimes we're not thankful for what we already have. We're always complaining about what we don't have. 
and you realize how good God has been to you? You may be sitting here and God has been giving you good health, maybe a good job, a good mate, good children, good things, and there'll be one little thing that you'll complain about. Just one little thing. And it'll just ruin your whole day. One little bitty thing. Learn how to set that aside. Look at the whole picture and be thankful to the Lord for all that he's done for you. Look up here. Letting this hand represent you and me. And the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. All of us have done wrong. We have all failed. You see, God has a sign of perfection. His perfect law. But we have never kept God's perfect law. We've all come short. We have transgressed. means we've overstepped the boundary. Uh, We went out of bounds. And God says the wages of sin is death. And since we've all sinned, we're all condemned. But God loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. And none of us are perfect. We're all sinners. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because he loves the whole world. He hates our sin because our sin separates us from the Lord. Between you and Christ, between you and God. And that's why Jesus Christ took all the sin, paid for it on the cross. Why? So that we could come to the Father through the Son. And when you believe that he paid for your sins, and he came back from the dead, and he says, now, would you believe I loved you so much, I did that for you? And the only thing you had to do is believe it and trust him as your Savior, and God will give you as a free gift everlasting life. That's the best news in all the world. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, why not talk to him right now and just get it settled? Lord, I'm a sinner. I don't understand it all, but I know that you died on that cross and paid for my sins. And right now, I'm going to trust you as my Savior. And friend, if you'll do so, God will save you. And while you're at it, if you trust Christ as your Savior, now God said he would save you. Now give you eternal life. You become God's child. You get to go to heaven when you die. Yes, there's a lot of problems that we have in life. But when you trust the Lord, see, you become God's child. He becomes your daddy. He's your father. And God wants you to come to him. The one that created the heavens and the earth, he wants you to come to him. He knows all the things you're going through. But he, he wants you to come and talk to him. Share things with him. He knows how you think. He knows how you feel. People don't always understand. But the Lord does. You would honor your heavenly father by bringing your cares to him and casting your cares upon the Lord because the Bible says he careth for you. And he does. If you're watching by internet, right on the screen says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. If you've never done so before and you say, I will trust Christ as my Savior tonight. Friend, right now, would you accept Christ as your Savior? Would you just click on the button that lets us know that you trust the Lord? We don't know who you are. We don't even know where you are. But we know that you trust the Lord. And that's such a blessing to us. Our Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for each one here. And Lord, I pray that you'll use each one of us for your honor. And for your glory. And we thank you for what you've done for us in Christ's name. Amen.